be here. So, you have your, have your Bible with you this morning? Have your Bible, turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I'm going to go to three scriptures, and then I'm going to lay the foundation for where we're going to go this morning. Don't forget that 2017, it's the year the faithful will flourish. And it should be like days of heaven on earth. The word flourish can mean to be steadfast, be immovable, be resolute. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, I'm immovable. I'm steadfast. I'm not going anywhere. Amen. Let's look at John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Amen. To many as received him. Have you received him? Yes, sir. That means he gave you the word power. There means the right and the privilege. Yeah. Man, think about that. It's like you can just get out of bed and you're like, you know what? I've got the right and the privilege to be a son of God. Yes. If you're a lady, you get out of bed, you strut your stuff and you say, I'm a daughter of God. He gave me the right and the privilege. And then it says, even to those that would believe on his name. Have you believed on his name? That means that you are a son or a daughter of God. And it says, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of the will of God. Meaning this didn't happen because you could will it. It didn't happen for, 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 any, for the sake of blood or animals. It didn't happen because, because you were born into it. That's when it says, nor man. Because you weren't born it. You didn't get it because who your, who, who your daddy was in the natural but you got it because who your daddy is in heaven. Amen. And, and so it was the will of God that you would be a son of God. Amen. Say that with me. Because it's the will of God for me to be kind of become a son of God. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4 real quick. So I've been talking about our position in him. Amen. Our position in him. Our position in Christ. Because we're in Christ, we are sons and daughters of God. Philippians chapter, hallelujah. I think this would be Galatians, I'm sorry. Galatians. I'm in Philippians. You stay with Galatians. Galatians 4, it says, verse, verse 4 says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. When he says, when the fullness of time was come, what's he referring to? He's referring to Genesis chapter 3 when God said, there's one coming that's going to bruise your head. When he was cursing the serpent and what Satan had done. He says, there's one coming. So here he says, in the fullness of time. In the full, it was a long time, but hey, it finally came here, right? In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you're sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Verse 7, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. The Amplified says, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir by the aid of God through Christ Jesus. I mean, through Christ Jesus, I'm an heir of God. I'm a son of God. Amen. Amen. Say, say that with me. Through Jesus, through Jesus I'm made an heir. I'm made and, an I'm heir. and I'm a son of God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Colossians 1. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Colossians 1. Let's just start in verse 9. 
For this cause, we also, since the day we heard of it, to not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So Paul's prayer was that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will. So don't let anyone ever tell you that you don't, that, that you'll never know God's will, that you'll never know God's heart. Here, Paul prays that we would know it. Amen. Let's go to verse 12. Giving thanks unto the father, which hath made us to be partakers of the inheritance in the saints. Amplified says, giving thanks to the father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion, which is the inheritance of the saints. Say this with me. I share share the inheritance. Say, it's my portion. portion. Verse 13 says, the father has delivered and drawn us to himself. So the father has drawn what? The sons and the daughters to himself. Out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us out out into the kingdom of his son, of his love. So the father has transferred me out of darkness. Amen. Amen. And into the light of his son. Amen. I have an inheritance. And what is that inheritance is? Is that I would walk in the light. Now, as I deal with this this morning, I want to make a statement to you. And it's this. Don't give up any ground. I woke up, I woke up Tuesday morning, and, and this is something I share along these lines with our ministers that we oversee. Oversee about 200 ministers around the world. And uh, we do a video, small devotion type thing every once in a while. And the Lord put some on my heart, and he told me to talk to them about not giving up any ground. That's good. That's good. So I want you to say that with me again. Don't give up, Don't give up any ground. Any you see, that's what the enemy wants, wants to do. He wants you to give up the ground that you've already taken. He wants you to give up the ground that is already rightfully yours. It's your ground. It's not his ground. And a lot of times as we go through life, a lot of times we can feel like we took one step forward and two steps back. You ever been there? You know, I took one step forward and things were going great and it's all going great. And all of a sudden something happens. And all of a sudden it's like, man, what happened? And see, the enemy wants you stuck in a place where you feel like you're worthless, where you, you're hopeless, that there's not a positive outcome. And all the enemy's trying to get you to do is to give up your rightful ground. You see, you are a son and daughter of God. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter if you feel like a daughter of God or not. It doesn't matter if you feel like a son of God or not. It doesn't change. That does not change the fact that you believed on his name. And because you believed on his name, you're a son of God. See, you're in the light because he is in the light. But the enemy is going to always get you to come back to darkness. Submit yourself to darkness and say, you know what? Well, I guess, you know, I don't feel qualified. I don't feel. No, he made you qualify. He qualified you. And it doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you might be facing or what you might be going through. It's time for you to stand your ground, put a stake in the ground and don't move. You have to position yourself in him. And when I say position yourself in him, what I'm saying to you this morning is just that put a stake in the ground because I'm not giving up this ground. The only thing that I do is I take ground. That's all I do is I hold my ground and I take my ground. I don't let go of any ground. Well, you don't understand. No, that very, that very phrase of you don't understand is you're letting the enemy take the ground that's already yours. It doesn't matter how long it's taken. Stand your ground. 
It doesn't matter if you've been in a, in a 20 year, eight year, three year faith project, stand your ground. It doesn't matter if it looks like it's coming to pass. Stand your ground. Don't give up your ground. Because he wants to take you from, you know, you're a son. You used to be a slave, but he always wants you to bring back. He wants you to retreat. What is losing ground? Losing ground is retreating. Losing ground is drawing back from your position. But we don't, we don't draw back. We refuse to, to let go of our ground. Amen. So this morning, I want to encourage you with this aspect. Don't give up any ground. The enemy wants to bring any, any and all temptations into your life to get you to settle, to get you to be complacent, and to get you to go back to whatever God brought you out of. Brought you out of sin, he wants to take you back there. Brought you out of addiction, he wants to take you back there. Brought you out of fear, he wants to take you back there. It's the, it's the way he works. It's the way he works. That when God was bringing the children of Israel to a promised land... Everything that they faced, everything that came out of their mouth and every thought that they had was, let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to Egypt. Keith Green, Green, so you want to go back to Egypt? (laughs) I was born in the 70s. (laughs) So if you didn't, you might not know that song. Don't lose your ground. Don't lose your, don't let go of your ground. It's your ground. See, what God, what has God told you about your future? What has he told you about your life? What has he told you about your purpose? That's your ground. Whether, whether, whether you're walking in it or not, it doesn't matter. It's your ground. Whether you're, you're holding it in your hand or not, it doesn't matter. It's your ground. As we, yes and amen. The promises are God are yes and amen. Whether I have it or not, it's still mine. It's my ground. It's my ground. And, and too often we're so passive about what, what we know is ours. Oh, it's, it's okay. You know, it's, it, it's all right. Well, get them next time. Well, praise the Lord. No. This is my ground. This is my family. This is... This is the church that God has called me to. This is Crowley is my city. This is, this is what God's called me to do. And the enemy is not going to steal from my life. The enemy cannot steal. That's, see, that's what he wants to do. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Why? Because he wants to take you backwards. He wants to take you backwards. Thank you, Father. Don't give up any territory. Don't give up any place in your heart or mind. Don't give up your position. Hallelujah. And when I thought, when the Lord first spoke this to me about not giving up any ground, I immediately, for some reason, just in my heart, I went to the story of David and Goliath. And I went to the story there in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17. You don't need to turn there just for the sake of time. But we get a picture of this. You had God's people on one mountain, and you had the enemy on another mountain on the other side, and a valley in between them. See, God's people... We're trying to take their ground. The enemy was trying to get them to retreat, draw back from their position. And see, the only way the enemy knows how to work is through your five physical senses. 
You know, if you were here Wednesday night, if you weren't here Wednesday, I encourage you to get that message. Because I talked about how oppression works. How if you never get to a place of fear, you'll never get into a place of oppression. That's how the enemy works. If he can get you into fear, then it's just one more step of you eventually drawing back, going backwards. So the enemy was on one side and God's people were on the other side. And every day, every day, the champion of, of, of Gath, Goliath by name. He would come out every day and he would taunt God's people. Every day he would speak to them. And it said that Saul and all of Israel, I think it's verse 11. Saul and all of Israel were greatly dismayed and afraid. All of them. So the king and all of Israel was afraid. And so here, every day, Goliath would come out. He would, he would come out and say his, his saying that he would do, send somebody out to, to, to fight with me. Send someone out and, and then you'll serve us all, all the rest of your days. Send somebody out every day. And no one wanted to step up to the challenge. No one. Every day, instead of stepping to the challenge, they would go back to their tents and hide. If you keep reading, uh, maybe verse six, 13 or 16, it says that every day, and it, says, it tells us morning and evening. Morning and evening. Goliath would come out and he would taunt God's people. Morning and evening. See, that's how the enemy works. Morning and evening. 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 The enemy will come to you in the morning when you wake up. It'll come to you when you try to lay your head, head down at night. Every, every morning and every, every, every evening. To do what? To get you to a place of fear. Because the fear is to get you to a place where you give up your ground, where you give up your territory, where you give up your promise. Don't give up any ground. Don't give up any ground. Thank you, Father. See, fear was keeping the children of Israel from advancing. Fear was keeping them from, hey, hey, let's just do this. Let's do this thing. So when Goliath came out this one particular day and in morning or evening, we don't know which one it was, but, but all of a sudden someone else was at that, at that battle that day, a man by the name of David. He was coming just to bring cheese and bread to his brothers and, and, and he sees this and he hears this and, and he can't understand why, can he? This has been going on for how long? Too long. <laughs> Too long. I'm paraphrasing here, but, but he's like... You know, and he gets to this one part, and he goes, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? So, so he sees him, and he talks to his brothers, and he's like, who is this uncircumcised, who is this one? You know, and I'm reminded of, of a scripture in the Bible where, where, where it says that the person that finally saw Satan, and it said, he's the one that deceived the nations? Yeah. What? We've been afraid of that? He's the one that did it. But David had that same attitude. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is he? See, David could say that because he knew who he was and he knew who God was. See, David didn't even give it a second thought. He was like, who is this man? Then what happened? The enemy came through his brothers and said, who are you? And he go, and so, so David makes a statement of, of what have I done now? So the enemy, that's what the enemy constantly puts you down. Puts you down what? 
to keeping you and your people from taking territory. You and your people from taking territory. See, the enemy already had all of the children of Israel bound, even the king. But someone new came on the scene. And his brothers are trying to silence that. Why? Because the enemy does not want the children of Israel taking the territory that's rightly theirs. Don't give up any ground. So David's first question was, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Then after his brother asked him a question, David's response was, with a question, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Come on. Is there not a cause? Is there not a purpose? That's right. See, in order to hold your ground and take ground, the first thing you need to do is you need to keep your vision and purpose before you. If you're taking notes, write that down. Number one, if I'm going to take ground, I'm going to have to keep my vision and my purpose before me. The purpose. He said, is there not a cause? Meaning there's a purpose. There's a purpose. There, there, we, we have a We have a covenant with God. We have a purpose. He told us what our land was. He told us where our land was. We have a purpose. And so when everyone else, when Goliath came out and everyone else was running back to the tent, a man that had a purpose ran to the giant and defeated the giant. And so either in our lives, we're going to be ones that run to the tent and retreat, or we're going to be ones that take territory. There's either, two, there's either two scenarios. You either run back to your tent or you take ground. And we're all in one place or another in our life. No one is exempt in this. We're either, we're either holding our ground or we're losing ground. We're either taking ground or we're losing ground. There's some days, that, there's some days yes, that you're going to hold your ground. But there's other days where it's, you need to take ground. And David's his whole reality was, is there not a cause? Is there not a purpose? Is there not a reason that we need to, that we need to stand up and do something about this? And we know, and we know that he, he realized it wasn't all about himself. It wasn't just in what he could do in his own ability. That's why he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? If you go and read it, believe verse uh, like 45 or 55 and 56, he, he goes on and talks about how, how the God of the armies would be with him that day and that God was with him and that God would cause him to be victorious, that God would be the one that would see him through. He understood he had a purpose, but he understood where his position was, that God was going to be with him. Is there not a cause? You have to keep this vision. You have to keep this purpose before you. Most people are complacent and just barely going through life because they don't understand their cause. Is there not a cause? Another way to look at this, is there not a cause, is this is something that must be done. See, when you understand the vision for your life and your purpose, it's, it, you're, you can no longer be complacent with it. Because now it's not just a good idea, but it's a mandate. And, and it, you wake up thinking about it, you go to bed thinking about it. That's purpose. That's purpose. And when your purpose becomes bigger than your obstacle, you'll never be defeated. Let me say it again. When your, when your purpose 
becomes bigger than your obstacle, you'll never be defeated. When what God's placed on the inside of you is bigger than what the enemy can throw at you, you'll never be defeated. Some of you don't, aren't convinced. See, get a hold of what I'm saying here. When you, when you understand your purpose and that purpose on the inside of you gets bigger, then all of a sudden it's so big that, that sin no longer becomes a temptation. When, 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 when the things that are attracting you and, and leading you away from they're no longer a purpose. Why? Because that purpose is so big on the inside of you that your obstacle in front of you is not going to pull you back. It is not going to take your territory from you. But see, too many of us are living purposeless lives. We're just going through the motions. And you don't understand that you're a son of God being called by God to influence the world that he's placed you in. You were born for such a time as this. So get a hold that your purpose is bigger than just waking up, living life and going to bed. No, your purpose is to influence the world. It's to change the world. The purpose of Crowley, of Herjafate in Crowley, Texas is to change Crowley, Texas. The purpose of you, where God's placed you, no matter what it might be, is to change the environment that you're in. But we get weighed down with everything else in life and we forget about a purpose and we become just like the rest of the children of Israel and just go back to our tents and just live life instead of take territory. No, Jesus never had the mentality of let's go backwards. Never. He never had this attitude of let's go backwards. I mean, even at 12 years old, he told his mom, he goes, didn't you know where I'd be? I'd be in my father's house and about my father's business. I believe Bren's going to say that one day. Justin and daddy, didn't you know where I'd be? Didn't you know I, I got a purpose? So because I got a purpose, I, I'm in the place where I need to be. Because when I'm in the place I need to be, I walk in the grace. You know, he, in, in John 9, he says, I must work the works of him that sent me. I must, I must, I must, I must, I must, I must, I must work the works of him that sent me while it's still day. John chapter 17, he said, I completed down to the last detail everything he told me to do. Luke chapter 4, verse 40, he says, he goes, I must preach. I must preach. I'm, that's purpose speaking. That's per, I must. I must. I must. You ever wake up on a I must get to the house of God today. I must. Spend time in this world. I must. I must talk to my neighbor. I must. I must take some time to spend with Jesus to get to know my purpose. I must. What what is your must? Think of it. I know that's not necessarily proper English, but what is your must? What must you do? What, I mean, what's causing you to live? I must preach the kingdom of God. To other cities also because that's why I'm, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also because that's why I'm sent. I must. Don't give up. 
any ground. Don't give up any ground. Thank you, Father. Don't give up any ground. Thank you, Father. Go to Luke chapter 12. I'll show you this about Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Verse 49. Jesus says, I have, I have come to cast fire upon the earth. Luke 12, verse 49. I have come. King James says, I am come to send. Amplified says, I have come to cast fire upon the earth, and how I wish that it was already kindled. I have come, meaning I have come for a purpose, and I have come to cast fire on the earth. Meaning, I have come to ignite something. I have come to, to start something. And, and, and he says, I wish it was already started. But because it's not already started, I've come for a reason. Verse 50, I have a baptism with which to be baptized and how greatly and sorely I'm urged on, impelled, constrained until it is accomplished. Now think about it. I have a baptism. First he said, I've come to set a fire. I mean, I've come to start something. I've came to ignite something. And then he says, I have a baptism, meaning I've been immersed in something. I'm, I'm filled with something. I've been baptized into this baptism, meaning this is something that's repeatedly happen, happening. I'm constantly being immersed in this. So I have a baptism with which to be baptized and how greatly and sorely I'm urged on. Impelled and constrained until it is accomplished. Meaning I've been, I'm filled with something. I'm overwhelmed with something. I'm so filled with this and I've got to accomplish it. The word, the word in the King James says strained and the word strained is pained. I, the, I'm so overwhelmed with this that, that it's something on the inside of me. If I don't feel it, fulfill this and do this, I, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to. Then he says this, do you suppose that I've come to give peace upon the earth? Now, this is a scripture, you, you, you know, nowadays it'd be like, Jesus said that? You suppose, meaning, do you think that I came to bring peace on the earth? He says, no. That won't preach to some churches today. <laughs> and some of you are looking at me kind of cross-eyed like, really? I mean, Jesus didn't come to bring peace? I thought he said, my peace, I leave with you. What are you talking about peace here? He's talking about national tranquility. So there's nothing in this world that's going to bring peace. He goes, I didn't come to bring you national tranquility. He said, I came to bring you division. <laughs> Think about that one. <laughs> Jesus is all about unity. No, he's not. He's all about the body of Christ being unified. But when he's talking about division, he's talking about, he's talking about dividing people that, that don't want to serve him to people that do want to serve him. That's what he's talking about, division. So Jesus had this, I must do this. This is, this is his cause. This is his purpose. So if you want to, if, in order for us to not go backwards, we need to know our purpose. Because the only way to, to, to go forward is to know your purpose. So I want to challenge you. Get with Jesus. He'll reveal your purpose. And once you get a hold of your purpose, you'll never be defeated. 
The second thing about how do we hold our ground? We have to keep the word before us. Go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Thank you, Father. Holding our ground and keeping the word before us go hand in hand with the first one because the word is what will reveal your purpose. See, this, the, the word of God is like a mirror. And it says, as we behold this, we become like it. And so if you want to know your purpose, get into the word. That's why we have to keep the word before us. Everything flows in and out of this word. Everything comes, it comes out as a result of the word of God. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18 says, But the path of the just and righteous is like the light of dawn that shines more and more until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day to be prepared. The way of the wicked, or you could say the path of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. So in these two verses, we see a pathway. One is the pathway of the righteous, and it says that their pathway is like light. Then we see the pathway of the wicked, and it says that their way is darkness. Then it says, my son, attend to my words. See, whatever pathway you're on is going to be an outflow of what words you're heeding to and what words you're listening to. My son, he's saying because he's telling them there's a righteous path here and there's the wicked path here. So how do I know what path is which? My son, attend to my words. My son, attend to my words. Consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. For their life to those that find them and healing and health to all your flesh. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. And above all, that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. Think about this word. Attend to this word. Don't let it depart from your heart. Keep it in the center of your heart. Why? For it's life to those that find them. It's life. It's life. The word is life. And keep your heart. If we're going to hold our ground and take ground, we have to keep our heart. Because every decision we make is going to be from our heart. It's going to be from the center of who we are. So we're going to have to keep our heart with all diligence. And it's going to be from a, it's going to be attending to his words. Then he says, put away from you falsehood and dishonest speech and a willful and contrary talk put far from you. Verse 25, let your eyes look right on. Look right on to, with your purpose. Look right on to, the, to your territory. Look right on with fixed purpose. With fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you. See, a lot of times, like with the, with the children of Israel, when they're facing Goliath and he come out morning and night, what happens is when we hear those voices in our lives, it causes us to look left and right. Yeah. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? What about this? Well, what about that? But here he says, attend to my words, keep your heart and look straight on with fixed purpose. Hallelujah. With fixed purpose. You can't get sidetracked by the voice of the enemy. Yeah. You can't get sidetracked. You, you, you can't go forward driving and, and drive well, drive straight if you're looking in your rear mirror. You just can't do it. You have to look right on with fixed purpose. This is where I'm going. This is where we're headed. This is what's taking place. But you have to be the one that guards your heart. He says, consider well the path of your feet 
and let all your ways be established in order right. Turn not to the left hand or the right and remove your foot from evil. Meaning keep going, keep going. How do we keep from giving up ground? We keep going forward. We keep looking forward, not looking backwards. We're going to keep going forward. So the first thing is keep the vision and the purpose before you. Secondly, keep the word before you because it's what gives you, it's what gives you purpose. The other thing that the word does by, by attending to it is it's what establishes our heart in faith. It, the word is what establishes our heart in faith. So the third thing is keep your heart established in faith. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Keep your heart established in faith. Thank you for your word, Father. Hallelujah. Don't give up any ground. Don't give up any ground. Keep the word, keep, keep your vision, your purpose before you. Keep the word before you. And the third thing is keep your heart established in faith. Hebrews 10 verse 35. It says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath a great recompense of reward. Don't let go of your confidence. Don't let go of your confidence. Don't let go of your confidence. Thank you, Father. What is your what is your confidence in? What's your confidence in? Because it says don't let go of it. But what is your confidence in? Don't don't cast away. Don't let go of this. That it speaks of it's kind of like a treasure. Don't let go. This is important to your life. Don't let go of your confidence. Don't cast away your confidence. But what are you confident in? Are you confident that God is with you? Are you confident that he'll never leave you nor forsake you? Are you confident of the fact that he forgives all of your sins? Are you confident that he can do the impossible? Are you confident in? Because here it says, don't let go of your confidence. Why? Because there's a great recompense of reward. Don't let go of your confidence. I, I, I see confidence in, when, you know, in, in what God had said to, uh, to David when he said, pursue. That overtake and recover all. There's just an attitude of confidence in that. Pursue. Man, that, that statement in itself is just, there's no hesitation in that. Pursue. Pursue. I, I, I see in statements that God spoke to Moses and standing before the Red Sea in, in front of a great impossible obstacle. He says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Holding the ground came to stand still. See, we're either going to stand still and see or we're going to pursue and take. It's never your victory is never retreating. Victory will never be when we retreat. Amen. Our confidence then is either going to be standing still and seeing or it's going to be pursuing and taking. That's what it comes down to. So we're either we're either going to be taking ground, holding our ground or giving up ground. But don't let go of your confidence. You know, I, I think of even confidence as it pertains to Ephesians six. He talks about the, the weapons of our warfare and he says, he says, having done all to stand, stand therefore with your loins girt about with truth. What does that mean? Meaning I'm not moving. St- having done all to stand, stand therefore. I'm standing. Amen. And having done all to stand, I'm standing. <laughs> My loin girt about with truth. Amen. What is that? That's the word of God. I've got the word of God. Keep the word before you. Amen. Not letting go. How do you not let go of your confidence? You stand still. Hallelujah. Having done all to stand, 
stand with my loins girt about with truth, with the word of God. That's how I stand. That's how I hold on to my confidence. That's how I not let go of my confidence. Stand still. Hallelujah. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has a great recompense and reward. For you have a need of patience. That you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. He will come, not might come. He will come. He will come. Don't let go of what you know God can do and what God will do. He will come. And will not tarry, meaning he will be there at the right time. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. The just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back. Verse 39, but we are not of them that draw back. See, that, that's, a, that's a statement. Of, we are not of them that draw back. I'm not drawing. This is my ground. This is my territory. This is my promise. This is what God spoke to me. This is what he told me personally. And I'm not drawing back. This is my ground. This is my territory. And this is what I'm going to accomplish because this is what he told me I would accomplish. Don't give up any ground. Say that with me. Don't give up any ground. Say, I'm not giving up any ground. Say, I'm keeping my purpose before me. I'm keeping the word before me and I'm keeping my heart established in faith and I will not draw back in Jesus name. Think about that. Hallelujah. Cast not away there for your confidence. You know, cast not why it says it has a great recompense of reward. I mean, there is a great reward on the other side of my confidence. There's a great reward on the other side of your faith. A fulfilled promise is on the other side of your faith. Don't let go of your promise. A great recompense. I love what Dr. Savell says. That word recompense means payday. Cast not away therefore your confidence because there's a payday on the other side. I don't know about you, but I like payday. You like payday? Hallelujah. Payday. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We're sons of God. Our position is in Him. And we're not those that draw back. Don't give up your position. Don't give up your position. Know who you are in God. Keep that word before you. Keep your heart stirred in faith. Why is it important as sons of God... That we fulfill our purpose. Why is it important that we keep the word before us? And why is it important that we keep our heart established in faith? Let me close with this scripture. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're sons of God. 
For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption. We talked about that last week. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself, or the Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children and heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. When you had to understand, anytime it talks about suffering with him, it's not talking about suffering from the curse. The suffering that Jesus dealt with was obedience. Obedience that, that he, that was when he said he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. It was, it was obedience. It was being obedient. That's his suffering. Verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For whatever you're going through right now, it can't be compared to what you're about God, see God do in your life. The sufferings of this present world, of this present time aren't worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now this is for the earnest expectation of the creature is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. What is this all about? Why is it important for us to go forward? Why is it important for us to, to hold our ground? Because the world is waiting. The earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And if the enemy can keep us living in darkness... Anybody can keep us living as slaves, can keep living as if, 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 if we aren't sons, then you know what? We're not manifesting light in the earth. The earth is waiting. All, create, all creation is waiting. All creation is waiting for you to take your place. I know that's heavy, but the world is waiting for you. The manifestation Meaning the unveiling of, the revelation of, the sons and daughters of God. That's why we have to keep the purpose before us. That's why we have to keep the word before us. And that's why we have to keep our heart established in faith. Because we need to manifest Jesus in the earth. And he's doing it and going to continue to do it through sons and daughters of God. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for your faithfulness to your word. We come up to your way of seeing things. And we come up to a a way and a place of of taking our position in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I prophesy over this church this morning. I declare from this day forward, they hold their ground and they take ground. No longer will they go backwards, but they go forwards. No longer do they stay in darkness, but they step into the light. No longer do they live as, as slaves, but they live as sons. Father, I thank you, Father, for birthing purpose in each and every single one of us this morning. Father, I thank you for the word of God being being our, our, the first thing that we run to. I thank you for the word of God being the foundation to our hearts and the foundation to our faith. And Father, I thank you that, that through faith, hallelujah, impossible things happen. You said, said that if we only believed... Hallelujah. If we only believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So, Father, I thank you that we step into and fulfill our purpose, Father, because we hold on to our faith and we refuse to let go of our faith. 
Father, and I declare and prophesy that the sons of God are manifesting. The daughters of God are manifesting in this church. Lord, I thank you that this church is rising up. This church is rising up. Church is rising up. And I thank you that churches around this community are rising up. We're rising up and we're taking our position as sons and daughters. We're taking our position as light. We're taking our position as being ones that set other people free. Lord, we're not to be bound so we can set others free. We're not to be in darkness so we can set people into light. We're not to be, 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 be sick or, or, or broken anyway so we can set other people free in any way. So Father, I thank you for victory in every area of our lives. And I think we're rising into our position. We're stepping into our position. I thank you that we're pursuing, we're overtaking, and we're recovering all. I speak to the, the destiny of every heart in here. I declare if they've let their dreams go, I declare from this moment forward, they pick them up and they run, they run, they run, and they will not be weary. They run, they run, they run. I thank you as sons and daughters, we're running, we're running, we're running, and we're releasing you into the earth. We're releasing you into this atmosphere. We're releasing you. We're releasing you. We're releasing your life so people can have their and find their position in you. We thank you for it this morning, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I remember... uh, Hannah, 2000, 2001, I was going to another church and, um, and serving there faithfully. I loved the church, had all my friends there. A lot of you have heard me say this before, but I knew it was time for me to, to leave, and, 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 but I didn't want to. And the youth pastor came to me, put his hands on my shoulders, and, and he said, so when are you leaving me? And I was like, wow, I guess he's hearing God better than I am, you know? And, and I, but I knew he was right, and uh, I remember he just 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 tugging at where where I'm supposed to be. And I remember the Lord told me this. He goes, Justin, he goes, for church, for you, is no longer about your choice. But it's about your purpose. It's no matter about your choice, but it's where I called you. And I just think, well, what if I didn't listen? Where would I be today? You know, and, and if this is where God's planted you, I want to encourage you, you it means you have a purpose here. I, I, I'm not into having church hoppers here. If you're a church hopper, find somewhere else to hop. <laughs> you know, we'll minister to you, we'll love on you, and, and so forth, and, 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 and be happy doing it, and, and do their best, and love you like we love everyone else. But what I want to see, we're in a position, the body of Christ is in a position where the churches need to step into their purpose. This church has a purpose. You know, the Lord told me, uh, you know, three years ago, he said, in 10 years, you'll have a church of 2,000 people. You'll have, you'll have a team of 500 people that go out every month 
and do one-on-one evangelism and, do, and, and minister and serve the needs in our community, that we would have a, a worship team that would be nationally and internationally known. Uh, he brought all these different things, and it wasn't just like, hey, that's a good idea. No, this was God. This was, this was mandate. This was like, this is what you need to be pursuing. And it's not about numbers. I, if you know me, my wife and I, we care less about numbers. But we know numbers represent people. Represent people. And so those are watching by way of internet or, or, or here. And this is where God's called you. I need you, to, I need you to, to seek the Lord about what is your purpose here in this house, a part of this body. Because whatever your purpose is, it's to link with our purpose. To cause us to do what we can't do in our own ability or on our, our own strength. So pray about where's, where's God told you to be planted where are you to be rooted at? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here this morning, and you just, I heard this during worship, and I just and you, you made a you you prayed recently, and and your prayer was this: God, I want to know you're real. Now that could be kind of generic. I just but I just I just want to be obedient. God, I want to know that you're real. If you're real, I, I want you to reveal yourself in a special way. If that's you, and nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed, if that's you, just slip your hand up right where you are. And I understand it could be a, you know, in a room full of people, it could be difficult. And honestly, I, I, I prayed that prayer in January 23rd of 2000. When I was laying on a bed that... <laughs> Doctor saying that, well, in a few years, in a little bit of time, you're going you're gonna to have to be on oxygen every day for the rest of your life. Yeah, I said, Lord, if you're real, make yourself real to me. If that's you, I believe as you continue to come, I believe God's going to show himself to you in amazing ways and do amazing things through your life that you never thought he could do. I look back now, and man... 25 years, I guess, 24 years. I look back, I'm like, man, God, what have you done in my life? It's been amazing. It's a journey. Don't go backwards. Take ground. Hold your ground. Amen. Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, I thank you for this church body today. And I thank you for your hand on them this week. I declare your, that they're always in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Father, I declare that they're coming into promotion. They're prospering. I declare according to Galatians 4, I declare that the blessing of the Lord is upon their life because of what Jesus did at Calvary. And I thank you according to Proverbs, I thank you that blessing comes on us and makes us rich and adds no sorrow to it. I thank you, Father, for your favor displaying itself, manifesting itself in amazing ways on this church congregation. And we thank you for amazing testimonies of what you're doing in our church families and our children. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. God bless. We love you all. See you Wednesday night.